Okay, going to begin this story. It's called The Drop Tanks. It's taken from It's a Rum Life, Book 2, Boston, 1960-1970. We step back a few months here to 1969 to remember this series of happenings, which would also involve the Rover 90, and made use of that last boat trailer before it finally found a new home in Dundee. It was during the time that I was looking for some other way of making a living in preparation for the time when the Firestone Company would be no more. East Coast yachts and boats had begun and then been put into cold storage after losing the Magyar contract. I was told that close to the old East Kirkby airfield, about 14 miles north of Boston, was a huge number of ex-American Air Force wingtip auxiliary fuel tanks. They were well hidden in a wood close to the centre of the village. Not that the wood had been there when the tanks had originally been put into store around about 1955. After the airfield had been abandoned by the American Air Force, the tanks were just left and the trees grew around them. The land was owned or rented by an old farmer who agreed to sell me a number of the tanks if I could extricate them from the woodland. This I began to do while still living at Woodside in London Road in Boston and to help I engaged the, 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 the help of the two eldest Keatley boys from the boat building business and they helped me to extricate these tanks from the woodland. The Rover 90 and the long boat trailer was brought into service to provide the transport. I still had a special frame for the trailer that had been used to transport bosun's sailing dinghies from their manufacturer in Norfolk to RAF Benson in Oxfordshire three at a time. The bosun type were built specially for HM forces uh, as their boat of choice for forces personnel to use for recreation at HM Armed Forces bases all over the world. This had been ECYB's first ever contract and the frame was still sitting in Keatley's boatyard in Boston. Back to the drop tanks, which had been transported from America for use we believe by Super Sabre jet fighters. They were still in their strong wooden transport crates and stacked five high. The crates were becoming crumbly in places, having been exposed to the elements over the last 13 or so years. And the tanks themselves were covered in thick green slime after all this time under the trees and bushes. The Keatley family were kindness itself and allowed me to use their yard to clean the tanks and prepare them for delivery to clients. Under the thick slime, the surface of the fiberglass tanks was totally unaffected by the exposure to the elements. They scrubbed up just like new. All I needed now was to find an outlet and use for them. They were about 14 feet long and 2 feet wide, 2 feet in diameter at the widest. They were shaped like a huge cigar. The tanks were relatively light and very strong. The banging and thumping they had to endure in extracting them from the wooden crates in, in the high stacks had no effect on their surprisingly good condition. Exchange and Mart was the most popular advertising medium of the day for things unusual and that is where we found our clients. Sales started slowly, tanks going mainly for pontoons and supports for floating platforms. 
Then we began to get more interesting requests. Ruth and I took 10 tanks on the boat trailer to the rear yard of a public house in North London where a fairground ride proprietor was making a rocket plane ride. It was here we had our first experience of a minor bird. The fairground chap and his wife lived in a big showman caravan behind the local pub and the bird delighted in irritating the landlady of the pub by imitating the call of the local coalman. Evidently, each time the coalman called to make a delivery, he would shout in a loud voice to warn the landlady to move her washing from the line across the yard and give him access. Consequently, every time the landlady put her washing out to dry, the bird would give her just sufficient time to start a new job and begin shouting, Coalman! Coalman! We actually saw this happen and it was most amusing but not for the pub landlady. The rover car was ideal for this job and took small quantities of tanks all over England. Ones and twos normally went by BRS parcel service who gave us a reasonable price for delivery as sales increased. I suppose it must have been about six months later. One evening we had a call at our front door at 45 Woodside. A police detective and another gentleman asked if they could come in and discuss the matter of the drop tanks. It turned out that the old farmer who had who had been paying for the tanks did not actually own them. The man who came with the police was the real owner. He was a dealer in ex-military equipment and he lived in Perth in Western Australia. He'd come all the way to the UK to find out what was happening to his tanks after seeing them for sale in Exchange and Mart. In fact, he actually owned the whole worldwide stock of these fiberglass tanks. The episode was concluded amicably, as they could both see that I was staggered by the revelation that I had in fact been buying stolen goods, as it were. What happened to the old farmer, I do not know. Only that the next time I went to collect some tanks, he was not there on the farm. Uh, yes, there was a next time. I cannot, cannot recollect all the details of the agreement we came to, but the fact remained that Mr Marshall, Archie Marshall, the Australian, wanted to sell the tanks, all of them. We could not cope with those in other countries. But we did buy all the tanks from East Kirkby at a fixed price. Mr Marshall did keep in touch with us regarding other things he had for sale and perhaps if we had taken the plunge then and become dealers in ex-military equipment things might have been very different. We continued selling the tanks until the stock expired. This took about two years and carried on right through the move to New Bolingbroke. The largest number of tanks in one order went to the Highlands and Islands Development Board in Scotland. They built pontoons in sea locks off the west coast to experiment with grey mussels on lines suspended from the pontoons. Two loads went to a man who ran a pedalo's hire business near Swanage on the coast of Dorset. And the strangest sale was to a man who was building a one-man submarine. 
The final number we sold to a boat club in the Brayford Pool in the centre of Lincoln and we constructed the wooden decking to provide the floating boat moorings that they wanted. After all the trauma and much very hard work, these tanks turned out to be the most profitable enterprise we ever undertook. There we are, that's the end of that little story brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. Lots more stories, audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site. Um, there are the free books, download, uh, links you'll find on Cracker Books on Facebook. Uh, all the stories are in these books, by the way. And there are over 50 videos to watch on um, the short story man Keith Sanders on Facebook, on YouTube. Thank you for listening.